come on. Let's do it. What it is. This is what it is. Wake up, Bay Area. Welcome back. Episode four. Today is a super, super special episode. We have our very first special guest appearance that will someone will be interviewing a little later. I'm so excited. We're very excited. He's not here yet. He'll be here in a little bit. His name is John Jacobo. Um, I'm going to save a lot for later to tell you why we're interviewing him and what he does and why we decided to have him as our first guest. So stay tuned. That'll be later on in the episode. But first, we're going to get to some news. Yes. So anything happened to you this weekend? We no. Well, Carly threw a little Friendsgiving at her place. I guess she was a good hostess. I was a great hostess. She was all right. But um, it was really fun. There was a bunch of us, kids, adults, and betweens. We all wore matching pajamas. Yeah, Which Carly forced so everyone cute. to wear matching. I didn't force everybody. It was not just my idea. Okay, it was we not actually just loved doing that stuff. So it was fun. It was cute. We took some cute pics. The food was great. Um, Thanksgiving's my favorite time of year, and Julie's like the Grinch, and she hates I Thanksgiving. Really, for some reason, I don't like Thanksgiving. It's not the day. It's just I think it's the food. Like yeah, I'm not a big it. turkey fan. I'm not a big mashed potato fan. I love everything Man's but not the a turkey. Big fan. Because a turkey is most likely dry. Yeah, it's gross. Turkey's disgusting. But, it tastes. I like mean, cat the food that we had was bomb. The mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Marcus. Yes, your mac that and was cheese very good. Year. Jackie's sliders were very good as well. Yep. But we had some pulled pork sliders. Yeah. We had mashed potatoes, homemade stuffing. That cake was amazing. I've the never dump had it cake. before. Shout out Tori for your famous. Actually, shout out Tracy, Tori's mom, for her famous dump cake. But that's fire. It's basically like cake batter, fruit, and ice cream. Yeah. What was it? Like blueberries. Blueberries. But she's made it so many different ways. We've had like apple. Cherry. We've had pumpkin. And I feel like cherries are cherry. Cherry. It's so fucking good, yeah. regardless. But we had and a lot of very good, fun. good food. Yeah. yeah. And I just, like, ate so much. I felt disgusting Oh, the next same. Day. Yeah, so we went so. to the gym the next day. We which did. Which was yesterday. And I almost threw up. Yeah, but um, we were walking out, and we both drove separately. <laughs> so I went up to the car. Well, I went to CVS first because I had to go grab something. I came back, and it was pretty much pitch dark at that point. I know. It's, like, 7 o'clock, and it's pitch black out. Yeah, and I was on my phone, so I wasn't really paying attention. Um, but the car is, like, a silver, like, a dark silver and I went up to the car. I was like, oh, like, this is mine. Not paying attention. I opened the door because the I have the driver key. door. The driver door because okay. I have the key where you don't need to press unlock. It'll just right, unlock right, if right. you have it next to you. So I did that. And the lady goes, excuse me, this is, your, this is the wrong car. This isn't yours. <laughs> so she was sitting in the driver's seat. She was, like, sitting, what were you she was like, prepared. She was like ready to open the car door ready because she saw me coming. And I go, oh, my That's God. It's so, so And I hear these other two couples laughing at me. I'm dead. That's so like immediately mortifying. I face him Carly. <laughs> Well, when I just got my new car, I got the same car I had, but in white. Like, I had a black um, mm-hmm. C-Class, and then now I got a white one. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks exactly the same. It's just a different, different color. color. But I wasn't used to it at first. And I remember, like, walking out from the mall, and I was, like, so tired one night. And I was, like, walked out to where I park upstairs at Target mm-hmm. at Tan Fran all the time. And I'm, like, looking for my black car, and I'm, like, oh, my God, my car got stolen. And it took me, like, a solid, like, minute and a half to realize that I was, like, literally standing in front of my white car. <laughs> but I was looking for my black car. Yeah. Yeah. We need to pay better attention. That was embarrassing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we dive into our first few stories Yes, because we got to get to our guests, so we got to breeze okay. through these stories. Well, let's start off with Kylie Jenner. She is selling her $600 million cosmetic company. I've heard. That's 
She's selling half of it. She's selling half of it, yes. Um, So she's selling, well, a majority, so 51% of her stake to Cotty, C O T Y, Incorporations, which is um, a New York based company that also owns a number of international consumer beauty brands, including CoverGirl. So they're very big. Right. So she's Um, great. This is great. Exactly. So the partnership will help Kylie's brand expand globally and enter new beauty categories. Kylie had said, um, this partnership will allow me and my team to stay focused on the creation and development of each product while building the brand into an international beauty powerhouse. Um, The brand has generated roughly 177 million revenue over the past year. And the deal is expected to close in the third quarter of 2020. I mean, she's just making smart business moves she all around. Is. So what I take from this is she gets to just keep being creative. and Yeah, she's still going to be the creative stuff. leader right. in this whole. And they could handle all the boring stuff like yeah. warehousing and like. She doesn't want to do that and she doesn't have the time for that. Right. Why would you want to do that part? No. And you got a nice $600 million check. Yeah. For half of your company. Yep. It's Sounds crazy. good to me. Sounds like good a good for her. Deal. I mean, she's for only. For both parties. She's only well. 21. Wild. And she's making more than anyone. Wild. Yeah. You know, it's a time for females. It's our time right now. Like, the youngest billionaire in the world is a a female. We're just, like, out here killing shit. Mm -hmm. It's it's our time, for sure. Kardashians are killing it right now. Definitely. They are. Well, I have a great local story that I have been following, and I think it's just so fucking cute, and it's exciting for me because I travel a lot. So, the San Francisco airport is um, starting this whole program with, therapy animals so they have like therapy dogs to like lower anxiety I guess they kind of just walk around the terminal I haven't seen them but I guess Mm -hmm. they just walk around the terminal or like security lines just to like calm people down like kids like can play with them like it can be stressful to travel but they um have their the world's first therapy pig um has been introduced to San Francisco airport her name is Lilu. That's Lilu. That is the cutest little <laughs> so name cute. ever. She's um, a little pink pig, and her she wears like a pilot's hat, uh-huh. which is so fucking cute. Her nails are painted red, <laughs> so I, I'm assuming like her sole purpose is to just like calm people down and just like be there for therapy yeah. support. Um, walk around the airport and I think it just like makes people happier which I think I'm so too for. well a lot of people do have anxiety traveling yeah and traveling alone so I think that's a people great get idea weird on airplanes yeah well, I sleep the best on airplanes I'm like the complete I opposite I, I, I need to take a sleepy pill or something oh I, I definitely take a sleepy pill yeah but, like, you knock I, out I pass out before the plane even takes off it's like Jackie's yeah, biggest pet peeve with yeah, me like annoying. we will not be even be in the air yet and I'm already sleeping yeah. I don't even care don't if my flight's like that. an hour I don't know, something on airplanes. I think it's like the lack of oxygen knocks yeah, me the fuck out. I can see that. Um, but she's adorable. She literally has like this little to- toy piano that she can like <laughs> hop on, on I guess. On. I don't know. But um, she's cute. So if you're in the airport, take a look for Lilu. Her owner, she lives with her owner in San Francisco. So she's a Bay Area Isn't resident. Is her owner, owner's name Juliana? No, no, no. That's the type of pig. Oh, that's a t- So it's a, a name of pig. Oh, okay. So that's what you were named after. <laughs> okay, you yeah. didn't know? No, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Milan named you after a pig. <laughs> type of pig. Duh. Um, I don't it's actually it. literally like spelled. You only yeah, have I know. one N. I have two N's. Carly. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, my sorry. God. It only has one N. That's the type of pig she is, I guess, which means she's pink. And she's cute. She's so cute. So she like just walks around security and stuff, and um, you have to take a look. I, I can't wait to fly again. Where are we going next? I don't know when the next time I'm flying is. We're but not I, flying anytime soon. We're driving. We are driving. We're doing a we're real, real trip. Um, 
but I don't know. It just says that like everybody is like super happy to see her. So it's well, because obviously it's working. Like, I feel like people expect a dog more than a pig. Yeah. So I feel like people would be really excited yeah. to see a pig in the airport. So Lilu is um, once again a Bay Area resident, just making people happier out here in the it's Bay. It's like Lilo and Stitch. That's a cute name. Lilu. Yeah, she's cute. Well, speaking of the airport. You know how annoying it is when you don't, when you have AirPods and you don't bring the little connector. Well, they don't they didn't even have one. Right, like when on when airplane. you're trying to watch a movie. Yeah, like what are you supposed to do when you just have AirPods? You've upgraded yourself in the world and you can't even watch TV on an airplane. Yes. So AirFly Pro lets you use your AirPods to watch movies on a plane. So it just plugs into the little um, a Ajax or Oxcord. Thank you, mm-hmm. Oxcord. And then your AirPods will connect to that little device. So it looks like it's like a little white it's like a Bluetooth little, thing, obviously, because yeah. your AirPods are connected to that. Yeah, and that's it, connected to exactly. the TV. And it lasts up to 16 hours, which is good for a long flight. And yeah. they're only $55, so you can get them at the um, Apple Store now. I wish I had this um, a week ago. Yeah, when you were flying. When I was flying home. For 16 and hours. Like, you're like, have that cord connected to the TV, and you can't move anywhere. It gets like ripped out of your ear. Yeah, it's like, awful. About time. Fucking I Apple I'm makes surprised. a ton of shit we don't need. But this is what we need. This we is need what we this. need. Where was this when the AirPods came out? I don't know. But I think that's a great invention. Okay. Well, I did a research experiment for you guys today because of this next story. Okay. Let's so, hear it. a vegan man is <laughs> yeah. suing Burger King because they cook their Impossible Whopper alongside meat. I have a few thoughts about this. Okay. One, I tried it today. I yes. tried the Impossible Whopper. Um, I literally, like, if somebody would have handed me that and just said, here's a Whopper, I would have thought it was real meat. Yeah, I would have never, ever in my life. Like a real patty. Yeah, well, and I also don't eat Burger King often, so, like, I'm not the one to tell you that it doesn't taste like a real Whopper, because I don't even know if I really know what a real Whopper tastes like. Like, I can't tell you the last time I had Burger King. So maybe I wasn't the best person to do this research, but (laughs) overall, it tasted like a fucking hamburger to me. Like, no different. Um, but it had like cheese on it. So it's obviously not vegan. It's just vegetarian. Yeah. So I'm assuming you can obviously make it vegan Mm -hmm. without the mayo and the cheese. Um, but apparently he is suing Burger King because I don't know if he noticed or realized that they're cooking it on the same grills as As the regular regular meat, which they shouldn't if they're promoting it as vegan or vegetarian or whatever. But they're saying on their website and on like the menu, it says if you're looking for a completely meat-free option, you can mm-hmm. do a non-broiler method. Um, so you just have to ask. So for it, it says that on the menu, though. That's what this article says. I don't know how true that is because if he has grounds to be, I should have them, looked today when I went to go get you it. You should have looked. I didn't see anything. But though. we were comparing the ingredients. We have a coworker who's um, huge on nutrition and mm-hmm. like she counts all her macros and um, she's like super fit and like looks amazing. But so I trust her opinion on everything and it, like. If you're not a vegan or vegetarian, it's no better for you. It's no healthier than a regular Whopper. It's only like a few, like maybe 20 or 30 calories less, but it has more carbs. It Mm -hmm. does have less fat, but it has more carbs and more fiber. So it's, it's no better than like just eating a Whopper, which like, so I might as well just eat meat. You might as well. Well, like I already eat meat. I'm not like looking for a vegetarian option, but I wanted to see if it tasted like meat and Mm -hmm. you know, it does. And honestly, if it was like someone who like maybe meat gave them some like stomach issues, I think it's a great alternative for that. If you're not like necessarily worried about being healthy, counting calories, but you also don't like to eat red meat, I think it's a great option. But this guy suing Burger King is probably going to get a shit ton of money. Like as he should, I guess that's wrong. But also we were talking about this earlier. If you're really a hardcore vegan, like, why the fuck are you eating yeah, at Burger are you going King? To Mc- yeah, or, sorry, McDonald's, Burger King. Or, or, or any McDonald's. fast food. Like, if you're really vegan and you care about 
whatever reason you're vegan you're that strict like if you care about animals like why would you be supporting a company that serves me exactly one and if it's because you want to be super healthy and like vegan you're like just hardcore vegan like I feel like that's not the place you would go to eat no at all so I don't know there's so many other fast food chains that would be so much more reliable for a vegan meal yeah I feel um I mean does in and out Chipotle. Chipotle. You can get uh, in and out wouldn't be a great like a burger place would not be a great choice. No. But Chipotle's in every rest stop. Like if you were like in a bind, Chipotle's are fucking everywhere and you yeah, can get Chipotle's there. Yeah, Chipotle's a good option. You could do like veggies or whatever. They have like some kind of fake mm-hmm. meat too. I just feel like Burger King's the last place I would go if I was really a hardcore vegan. Burger King is the last place I would go for fast food. Not even, but it's um, not my first choice. Yeah, no, it's not my first choice. What is your first choice? McDonald's. McDonald's is my Taco Bell might be a close second. I used to love Taco Bell. I can't do it anymore. Like just in the bathroom all day or just like, no, like I just it. can't. It, it just grosses <laughs> me out. <laughs> I don't know. I think McDonald's and Taco Bell are definitely up there, but I really heavily fucks with Jack in the Box. Ew, I can't do Jack in the Box. What can't you do about it? it like the tacos, the tacos are no, gross. You're crazy. Everything about it. And I'm only referring to like when I'm drunk because sober is like I'm uh, maybe McDonald's chicken nuggets when I'm sober sometimes, but like if I'm eating fast food, it's because I'm wasted. Yeah, but still, I can still eat fast food when I'm sober. Like I road could, trip. I just don't think about it, though. No. Like, that's not my go-to. No. Actually, Sonic. On a road trip, I love Sonic. Yeah, but that's not close enough. It's not close enough, neither is Chick-fil-A. It's not on my list. I'd pick those. Oh, I'd pick Ch- Chick-fil-A. Or I would pick... I don't know. I, I really like Shake Shack. I don't know if that's, like, really fast food. Like, it doesn't have a drive-thru. It's not fast food to me. No, but their shakes are bomb. Yeah. I think... I'm going to say it. Shake Shack is better than In-N-Out. Oh, okay. I don't hate that. If you have to compare the two. I'm not a big fan of In-N-Out, so I don't really Me either. care. That, I don't get the hype. The fries are not good. The burgers are dry as fuck. And the milkshakes aren't the best. They're, they're like, you know what's sipping. dry on the burger? I don't like their buns. I don't, their buns are hard on the outside right. and I absolutely hate I it. I hate their buns. But the middle is very good. I'll get them that. Uh, it's okay. just the outside Maybe. of the bun. I would much prefer a shake. And shot. I don't care about animal style or the sauce or any of that. It's literally Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, like sauce. it's so special. <laughs> but anyway, that was my research project for you this week. Maybe we'll do more research projects like that. Like okay. make me try weird shit. Yeah. Not like super weird because sometimes I'm I have a little a picky. <laughs> You're way too picky for that. But yeah. you could document I'll have Carly it. taste it for you guys. So whoever this man is who's suing Burger King, like you're a loser, but you're going to get a ton of money. Stop fucking yeah. eating at Burger King if you're such a vegan, you freak. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was harsh. Sorry. All right. Well, someone else that's getting hated on is um, Taylor Swift. Ooh, she yikes. is losing the rights to her early music catalog, um, which includes... The 2006 is when she started to, like, 2017, which is Reputation. So a lot she, of albums. A lot. That's, her, That's like, everything. Right. Wasn't it, like, pretty the, much her first six albums? Yes. And that okay. is a lot of albums for her. Um, Swift, on Thursday, claimed an ongoing dispute with her formal music label, which is Big Machine Label Group, um, who Scooter Braun and a guy named Mike, Michael, or Scott Borchetta. Um, are a part of so there she was told that she can't perform many songs from the past which is 2006 2017 um, for the upcoming American Music Awards or use it for an upcoming Netflix documentary about her life which has been in production for several years this is wild to me. I don't think that is right of Scooter and the label to do this but they're saying that's not true 
So they're, they're saying yes. if she shuts the fuck up and stops bad-mouthing them, she can do whatever she wants with her music, basically is what I got from it. Yeah. And she obviously doesn't like that and does not want to be quiet about this. I just don't understand the whole thing of, like, how you don't have rights to your, your own music. Like, She's the one who wrote all of them. Right, but you sign, obviously signed something away. When they bought her record label, they got the rights to her music. So yeah. You didn't dispute it then, or like, were you just too young back then when you signed some sort of contract I mean, and never, like nobody guided you? Old. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's sad about it. But still, like, I don't understand why she can't perform these songs at a big. Right. Like, you would think they want, they have to get some sort of money when she's performing them. You would think that they would want her to keep performing, performing so them, they can get so the they money can get in. more money. Yeah. But I think she's kind of being a little bit of a brat about it. So I think they're almost I mean, like punishing her. Yes and no. No, yes and no, because that's her music and that's that is fucked up. But at the same time, legally, it's not her music. No, I guess not. Legally, no, it's it's not hers. So I went to a Lauren Hill concert not that long ago, like maybe a year and a half ago, um, and she doesn't have the rights to her music, and or like any of her music until recently. Mm-hmm. So she had to perform like weird versions of her, like her Songs. original music. Yeah. And it was fucking awful. See? Like, I wanted my money back awful. It was yeah. like, I would have walked. Um, we almost left And that's left something early. you didn't know going into it. Or you did. No, I mean, I don't know if we knew or we just assumed, like, she could still perform them. Like, we didn't know she couldn't perform them. If yeah. I did know at that time, I don't remember. But it was mm-hmm. at Shoreline. We were super excited to see her. We got good seats, like, not even on the grass. Like, we actually spent money. And it was horrible. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, we see? almost left. It was awful. And because she can't sing the real version, she's saying like some weird like. But I don't understand why they version. can't sing the real version. It I don't know because they don't have permission. Me. I guess I mean it's just like us like we put music in the beginning of each. But that's um, not our episode. Music. It's not our music. But, but we're not singing. You're it. only allowed to do thirty seconds regardless. But so that's still, not her music. But it is. Like, she doesn't own it. I don't know. I think um, she should. But own it. Can she like? Isn't she rich? Like, can she just buy it back? I don't know about that rich. Scooter Braun is. I guess, and Filthy they would probably, rich. like, yeah, not let Both her. of them combined? I don't think so. Yeah. But, um, like, Halsey and Iggy Azalea are Team Taylor, while, like, of Justin course. and is backing up Scooter Braun, of course. Well, they're besties. Yeah. Wasn't he, like, his best man? Scooter Braun was, like, his best yeah, man Scooter in his Braun wedding. Scooter Braun is founded Justin Bieber when he was, like, 12 years old. So. Well, I remember this whole drama, like, popped off, um, and Scooter Braun's wife spoke out. Oh, what'd she say? Just, like, not bad-mouthing Taylor. Like, just kind of putting facts out there. Because I think Scooter Braun does kind of have a bad rap in the industry. Mm-hmm. So she just kind of, like, defended her man. As she should. Yeah, but she should. She should. Um, But those were our stories for today. I have a little bit of an announcement to make before we bring John in. Okay, um, we're so excited it. to talk to him. We can't wait for you guys to um, get to know him. I have a local announcement for you guys now that we're done with the celeb stories. Um, Rep Yours Clothing is a South San Francisco-based clothing brand. They make um, 70s, 80s, and 90s baby apparel. So it's like a sweatshirt, sweats, t-shirts that say 90s babies. I have a sweatsuit that I fucking love, and it's super comfy. Um, but they're hosting a toy drive on December 8th from 12 to 4 at South City High School. So if you want to give back, all the donations are going to the Children's Hospital, which is amazing. 
We love giving back, especially this time of year. So bring new unwrapped toys and blankets uh, for collection. Stop by anytime between 12 and 4. They're going to have a car show, activities for kids. They'll have food for sale. And they're going to have three raffles. And the prizes are a 65-inch Samsung Smart TV. Wow. Two Disneyland tickets. And a Nintendo Switch. So you can buy a raffle ticket. You could have a chance to win those. Also give back to the community. Um, it's a great thing they're doing. So go out and support if you can. It is December 8th from 12 to 4 at South San Francisco High School. So well, shout out to them do for that. doing this. We're definitely going to stop by. Okay. I'm going to buy, buy some Barbies. I love Barbies. For, for the girls. <laughs> um, but yes, make sure to stop by. Even if you can just swing by really quick and donate some toys, um, we would appreciate that all right well we're gonna take a short little break and then we'll have our guest come in what's up guys we are back we have our very first guest hi john hello 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 welcome <laughs> well thank you for having me thanks for coming well we're here we're excited you got your drink i do this is a delicious drink i was not expecting that the service <laughs> has been beautiful so far let me tell we you we got him the good stuff it's good um, tell us about yourself. Tell our listeners. I know you. Julie I does do not. So let's hear it. Where are you okay. from? How did you get started to, into what you're doing now? Sure. Um, I don't want to go on a super roundabout story, but uh, my name is John Jacobo, and um, I'm a San Francisco Mission District native uh, that grew up, I mean, I'll say throughout the Bay Area, really, but um, I would say between the peninsula and San Francisco is kind of where I grew up. Um, and I've been here my whole life, and I plan on being here my whole life, even if they try to kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So you want to stay here forever? You want to raise your kids here? You want to? You know, assuming I was, you I was have born kids. here at St. Luke's. I plan on going out a few blocks from there. I'll okay, be here okay. until the very I love end. That. Cool. I feel like you hear most people, and they're like, "I want to get the fuck out of here and live somewhere else, That's at least like for me. a while." I she get hates out. it here. Yeah. You know? But I love it here too. I want to raise my kids here. It's just so fucking expensive. It's incredibly expensive. I hope we do talk about that because I think that's a reality for all of us, especially folks that are our age, our generation. It's but, harder. But if you subtracted that, if you subtracted the cost, which is a real thing, um, I would argue it's one of the most beautiful parts of the country, and if not the world. Um, I agree. Just, just the history, the, the culture, and just the vibrancy of just the entire region is dope. I really love the community, like yeah. I, especially where I went to school. Like We're all still friends and family. Yeah, so I really love that. So yeah, without the cost. Without the for cost, for sure. Man, without the, the cost, here, yeah. The cost is a you know. The cost is a cost. major factor. So if you ever look at your, you know, how much you spend on rent. Oh, yeah, Lord. it's a joke. We know. Lord, That's why we, I live we've at talked home. about this on the podcast. <laughs> we both live at home now, so. I would thankfully. say a majority of our generation does the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Which I'm good with. I love hanging out with my. Yeah, friends. I don't mind. You <laughs> know, <Dinners. man>. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Okay, well, let's get a little bit into one of the biggest reasons we wanted to have you on here is because you're heavily involved in politics and the community, um, and it's something that we're just not super familiar with. Yeah. So we wanted to have somebody that we could learn something from, and also our listeners, are we think, are very much like us, so we yeah. wanted you to educate our listeners who are most likely our age females living in the Bay Area. So yeah. what exactly is your job title, and what do you do every day? Uh, my exact job title is um, I'm the Director of Advocacy and Policy for an Affordable Housing Developer in San Francisco. Um, and what I do every day, to be completely honest, is just find different ways to start shit um, and try to disrupt 
the way that city government has operated the way that it has over these last I'd say 50 years mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like to be honest um, I have the the distinct blessing of like you know eight to five I'd say is spent primarily on research it's reading the daily news it's you know researching different policy ideas throughout the country throughout the world that are creative um, and then running those ideas amongst our team to try to figure out which of those percolate to the top and seem like the most doable to kind of attack. Um, and then at night, uh, from five until like 10 or 11, whatever that may be, um, is just running around a city through different community events and building bonds with different neighborhoods and different community groups. Um, because a lot of achieving policy goals is dependent on, like you said, knowing your neighbors and having a community that you can depend on. And also understanding the way they see the world and the way that, that they want things to change and adapting that in a way that you kind of implement policy and stuff. Um, so that's so kind of what I So you're busy 24-7. <laughs> I would say much. a little bit. Nonstop. But you love it. I'm not going to lie to you. I absolutely love what I do. I don't think you could be doing it if you didn't love it. Hell not. There's yeah. no way. I, I always tell people this. I think that if you don't love what you do, you will find a way to just do it as minimal as you can right. and put in those 40 hours, clock out, and go home. Mm -hmm. And with me, it's the, the converse where, for real, like, even on Saturdays and Sundays, nobody tells me I have to go to any of these community events, but I'm showing up because I enjoy it. I, like, I feed off it. Right. You know, and I just move with it. I don't know. Right. I know. I get, like, so many people, like, your job is so cool. You get to travel the world. And, like, it is, and I'm super blessed. But if I didn't love what I did, it's fucking exhausting. You know, like, man. It's mentally exhausting. And traveling is actually, like, not always... I'm not always on these like beach vacations. It's right. work, it's not as and it's exhausting work. It's not as luxurious as it seems. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't love it, there's no shot. I think that's something to be said too. Like similar to mine, right? Like I say, I love what I do, but I think you know people could take like my stories on IG or my posts and think of it to be one way, but they don't see like the grueling kind of hours that go in to either you know producing these policy statements. We're talking to community members on the phone back and forth you know, trying to manage these personalities to get this right outcome. That could be really stressful in, in a lot of ways. But, right. you know, the end goal, I think, is what, the what drives the passion and makes it kind of worth it in a lot of ways. Well, that's social media culture in general. You're yeah. not showing your everyday you know, heart. You want to see my hair messed up? You, sweating. you know what I'm saying? You You're don't want to see this hair messed stuff. up. It's fucked up, man. I mean, nobody wants to watch me do an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> no. for three hours. So I'm going to snap when I'm out drinking, having fun, traveling. <laughs> yeah. That's like that anybody. For That's for everyone. That's real, man. I mean, yeah. nobody wants to see the boring stuff. Everybody no. wants to see the sexy stuff, the exactly. fun stuff. But it's really not like that. 90% of it is boring, man. So it's how fun. did you get into this? Like, why are you so passionate about it? I think that's kind of the unique thing. I think Carly's known me for a while, so she, yeah. she could testify to the fact that it wasn't always like this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, I always credit it to, I think, a bunch of different uh, points in my life that made me adjust the way I looked at life. Um, I think I'm very blessed to, to come from a family that I think had a social and cultural framework. My parents came from El Salvador in the 80s mm -hmm. um, during the time of a civil war. You know, my mother was studying to be a marine biologist back home uh, in her home country and had to leave the country mm -hmm. um, because, you know, there's a civil war and people are, are dying, people are being killed, and oppression is running rampant. And my father has been a musician since he was 14, so, you know, he kind of comes with that flair of culture 
but was also very revolutionary in his thinking and wanting to kind of act in that country. And so they came to, to here, to, to San Francisco, to the Mission District uh, in 1979. Um, and so, you know, I was born into that home. I was born into that kind of legacy right. of, of what my parents came with. And whether I realized it or not, through my formative years, a lot of that left an impression on me. A lot of it made me question why it is I wasn't just born in El Salvador and live with like the family that was back home and why I got to live here. And when I finally visited El Salvador, I saw the differences between the two countries. You know, at the time, you know, it was four or five of us in a one bedroom apartment. Um, and I go to El Salvador and in my mind thinking that we don't have a lot here, but I go to El Salvador and there's kids with no shoes, yeah. no kids with no shirts, they have no mm -hmm. parents. You know, they live in what is real poverty. Um, and I think that was a formidable kind of impact, I think, on my life. And, you know, as you fast forward, I think like many young men um, in this country and in different communities go through this kind of conflict to find who they are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it comes from the insecurities that we don't realize we carry. You know, maybe it's that we missed a particular segment of education or our parents weren't there for us, et cetera. But we find a way to opt out of what is normal society, which is going to school, you know, and getting your education through your formative years. And I think that that was me. That happened to me. I missed third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, you know, I, I did a part of seventh grade. I did eighth grade. And then through high school, I essentially dropped out and left with 45 credits. And so for me, that normal kind of world of education and what was the normal track was something that I felt rejected from. And I didn't feel that it was really me. And so I opted out to do what was fun, more importantly than anything for mm -hmm. me at the time, mm -hmm. but gave me a sense of dignity and self-respect, which was, you know, the, the counterculture, you know, running, running the streets and just being reckless right. like that. And that's when that, I first met John. It was a, a different John. And just knowing you and all the boys that you grew up with and are still close with, your paths went completely different ways. Yeah. But the fact that you can still be close with them just on a different level I'm assuming and just your lives took different turns but you still meet up like no time has lost yeah and I love that because you would think that if you went this way they went that way that you don't have much in common anymore yeah, really but stars. in reality you really stayed who you really are yeah. you're just have a different purpose yeah that's all it is man it's mm -hmm. just I think at the end I'm, I'm still me and I think I'll always be who I am um what's funny is that as I get older um I think, I think as we get older, we become more of who we really are. I think right. that's just what happens with time. Um, and I think that's kind of been, been my case. Mm -hmm. But I've also, I think, been through and through who I am and who I've been. Um, and with the people that I started with, you know, I, I plan to end with also. Right. To me, there's no distinction. No matter in my professional career, what I accomplish or where I go, it doesn't change the fact that people were down with me and saw something in me at a very early point in my life. You know, and so uh, anyway, so to, to kind of summarize, you know, uh, through that same time when Carly knew me, we lost a really close friend of ours, uh, Melvin Hughes. We lost in the gun violence um, that a lot of young men kind of go through, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's um, too common. Yeah. And so then from there, you know, I think that was a very pivotal point. Um, you know, then my mother getting sick uh, and passing away ultimately, I think, was the biggest uh, the biggest dig deep within myself moment that I think I've ever had to have mm -hmm. and it set me on a track to pursue education with with at the time you know I, I wanted to shoot as high as I could I wanted to be an attorney and you know practice civil rights law and these things but 
you know, ultimately you kind of find your path in. So I found mine in, in policy, trying to change laws. Uh, but I think all those things collectively led me to the point where I'm at now, you know, right. and it's been a hell of a journey. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. You're the perfect example of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Damn 100%. right. We love you know what I'm that. <laughs> Out here. Um, I have to give you mad props, though. Just everything you're doing is just so, you have such a positive energy. You always have. Thank you. You have. I've known you for a long time. You always have. But just being so passionate about something just really feeds you feel somebody's energy yeah. long before you understand them, yeah. and I think you have a great energy that I, I know will never I just go met with. him, and I can tell how passionate right. he is yeah. about everything. <laughs> yeah. So, what what we want our listeners to really know okay. is why do you think it's more important, even for us, because yeah. I'm not involved at all. I have to say, Me like either. politics is just one thing that not that I don't have interest in it. I think it's just at the bottom of my list of yeah. like things I even have time to get mm-hmm. into but I I've always wanted to be more involved in what can make our world our world even just here in the Bay Area a better place so why do you think it's so important for our generation especially to be more involved in what you do and why do you think we're not I would say the first part of the question why it's important for our generation to get involved and be active is because the previous generation no offense to my parents and their folks mm-hmm. but Y'all let us down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They completely blew it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are suffering those consequences. And so to that first part, you know, we mentioned, we were talking about this earlier, where majority of people we know just live at home now. They live yeah. with their parents. Majority of people can't afford to live on their own, don't get paid enough to pay down student loans and, you know, have an apartment and build a life. And so the previous generation and the leadership of that previous generation did not have the foresight to plan a country and cities that would be beneficial for those behind them. So I would say that's the first part. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, the reality is that if you're not, you know, there's this old saying and it's super cliche, but you know, if you're not at the table, you're on a menu is what people tend to say. Hmm, um, I like that. Me too. And I haven't heard that one actually. <laughs> I haven't really, either. I, yeah. I feel like maybe. <laughs> Maybe because I'm in this world, I, I hear it a lot. But the reality is, is you know, there's people in positions of power that are making decisions for not just your life, but everybody you care about. Your parents as they get older, your siblings as they're younger, the education system, minimum our wages, kids, our, kids, yeah. our kids, the future. Mm-hmm. Again, do yeah. we want to be like the boomers? No offense, again, but no. y'all blew it straight <laughs> up. And do we want our kids to look at the millennials and Gen Z and be like, y'all blew it? Um, and so I think it's really important for people to understand that, like, these these decisions that are made at a local level, as boring as it could be to watch some of these meetings sometimes, have some of the largest impacts um, on your individual life and the life of the kids that you'll have or the kids that you're raising. Um, and I think that should be incentive enough for anybody to pay attention. But, you know, I, I think there, I would say there's a difference between paying attention and, you know, being what I would say a good citizen, like a responsible citizen and casting a vote and paying attention to local news and things that are important. There's a difference between doing that and being like a diehard activist. Right. right. Or like mm-hmm. a diehard kind of all in there at every planning commission meeting. every right. city. And, you know, I think that is a, that's a particular beast. Um, <laughs> it's a particular personality. But those people tend to be triggered by issues that have impacted them or hurt them deep enough 
to get them in the fight. Right. Personally. Personally. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're two different people, but it's incredibly important. All the decisions, yeah. everything from the way, from your work environment to your school environment to your city's, you know, speed limits, whatever. All of it is impacted by local government. Um, and I think it's really important. And Siri, Siri should get it. Siri, <laughs> Siri's out here blowing it. You need to get Siri it. That's that's understand. the problem. You get all my other information, but you don't get that. Stop shouting out on Instagram for things I want to buy. Anyway. Right. So why do you think, um, I think, if I were in a position of you out here making a difference, why do you think millennials get such a bad rap? Yep. That like we don't give a fuck about anything but ourselves and social media, social media for and sure. being selfish. I feel like if I was in your position of what you hold and what you're doing for the community, that yeah. would really make me upset. It does piss me off. Uh, yeah, I mean that's because the boomers are trying to like deflect on us and be like, oh, it's you kids <laughs> and your phones, it's technology. <laughs> like, nah, player, you don't blew it. Yeah. Well, we were talking about just in general the negative parts of social media, which are there, like yes. cyberbullying, especially with. Yeah. Um, the generation that's like, I guess they're the same generation as us, but like in high school right now. Gen Z. I just found this Gen out. Z. Right. Are they People different? Born, yeah. So I just found this out because I was hanging out with my brother last weekend mm -hmm. and he's 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah. Julie's age. And I was like, millennials, man. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, anybody before born after 95 is yes. Gen Z. Yeah. Okay. So we're okay. a different generation. Well, it, no, I think it's, I think it Something might like be 96. That. So I think we're Something on the like cusp. That. That's right. Okay. We're that's on right. the, like, so we could be either way. Well, we've talked to just a lot about how they're so different. Like, I never wore makeup. Like, I was out here just wearing Jordans and yep. jeans and hoodies. And, like, these girls are, like, naked all the time. Like, <laughs> in heels. And they're, like, 15. Like, but there's definitely some negative parts of social media that is Absolutely. pushing, especially females, to strive to look like a supermodel. Like, like we didn't have that in our... I feel like that was, that's a prime, huge difference in our generations of... Like, we didn't have... The most we had was, like, when MySpace became popular when we were in high school. And then, like... We had like AIM and like sidekicks mm -hmm. we would talk yeah, about. You had we to never run home had... and sign in. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Just to check your MySpace. Exactly. Like, Ooh, I got some messages. Uh -huh. We didn't have that 24 7 in your face communication. No. Which is good and bad. Yep. And like, you guys... we were able to go home and turn off. Like, if you didn't call my house phone, I didn't have a cell phone. We're not talking until tomorrow <laughs> yeah. on third period. But now it's like nonstop for yeah. like seventh grade and up. Once you get a cell phone, like, it's game over and that's all you focus on. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's absolutely true, and I think that it creates this really, really powerful dynamic that can be both positive and negative, but right. I would say more so than not, it's negative in that it creates this imperfect idea of life and what people do and how they live. And I think we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Like, there's this misconception that everything you see on Instagram or Facebook is how it is for that person's life. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when you're in those formative years, you know, as we can all attest to, it's really hard knowing who you are and what you are. And when you see other people doing something like, wow, that person's living this great life. I have a shitty life. I, I hate my mm -hmm. life. It's so easy to go down kind of that rabbit hole or compete to try to have a better life in, in what you think in quote unquote terms of what a better life is. And so, yeah, it creates this, I think this culture of like, advanced behavior like right. acting like you're adults and you're in middle school because you see adults acting like that right and that's i think a very dangerous thing i feel okay. like it's only gonna get worse especially yeah. for our kids like have I'm, you seen tiktok hell yeah, yeah. it's gonna oh, get worse it's only getting worse <laughs> like, exactly. it. I, I don't awful. understand tiktok that's why i'm throwing that but out but on there. the <laughs> other side yeah. with what you're doing and just putting word out there and, and getting community together it's very beneficial hell yeah 
So, like, you could post one thing and 2,000 people have seen it. Hell and yeah. where, would, how would that have been done prior to social media? You know, what's crazy is I, I often shout my ability to use social media and messaging for the success, I would say, in part of my career and success of actions we've taken. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the other side of it, like the good side of it. Right. If, if you mm-hmm. use it in a way that's beneficial, you know, you have the ability, like you said, I, I could put a post up. And I do this often about like some event we have coming up or some action or whatever. And people just hit me in my DMs like, yo, how can I get involved? What can I do? How can I contribute? And a majority of the people that I've met doing the community work have been primarily through an online community, the subcultures that exist that are looking for people that are doing this stuff and don't know how to get plugged in. And so that's the the power of it, like the raw power of it. Um, And even for myself, I would say that that my the ascension in my career you know, because again, I'm 31, so I'm in every room that I'm in, I'm, I'm always one of the youngest people, right? And I think that I was only able to climb that quickly because I was able to display my skills and frame it in a way that showed people that I was doing something. Um, so it can be incredibly powerful, right? right. Um, if you use it for the right things in the right way, but most people know, don't. No. I think a lot of people younger than us definitely don't. For sure not. I think, if, if anything, our generation is maybe what the good part of it is like taking taking advantage of the good part of it yeah i think i think to some degree you know there's also like the the vanity stuff there's also like you know there's a component for all of us i think but i would say that for the younger crowd and and when i was younger i used to hate when older people told me that so i'm just gonna apologize to you guys now for (laughs) younger but like slow it down man like you got you don't realize what you have at the age you're at you just gotta like live for your moment i would give anything to be 16 again damn man for real in a heartbeat in a heartbeat (laughs) and i probably wouldn't do much different to be honest but i would just love to relive that carefree time we were talking about that on the drive i'm like i i really and there's just this time period of my life and that was actually from i would say 12 to like maybe 15 that was like Mm -hmm. the golden era that i just remember everything was right and everything felt awesome you know and yeah, you just enjoy the moments. Is that down. when you peaked? That's when I <laughs> that peaked. When you peaked. I hit my all, peak at that it's moment. All downhill all, from all here. Downhill from there. It's been terrible. Okay, I think we're gonna switch Let's switch. Gears. Yeah, Ooh. dating. Ooh. Let me ask you: Are you, are you ready to talk about dating? Are you dating? Oh my God, my phone's ringing. I gotta get <laughs> are we gonna get you in trouble? No, this no, is no. what the the ladies want to hear. What's your status at the moment? Uh, you know, it's crazy, man. Uh, the crazy thing about that. The way that these things are set up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, as of late, I am actually no longer single. So Ooh, this okay. is relatively uh, new? new development in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a question about okay. that. All right, go. So when does it stop becoming you're talking to someone to, I'm not single, I have a girlfriend? Like, did you ask Did you her, ask her? Or it's Will just you assumed? be my girlfriend? Or is it just a... What, where does that phase end and the, the girlfriend begin? Oh, God, that's a strong sky. <laughs> um, so, actually, I actually did ask. I did. Um, and I, I kind of did the old school thing, you know, um, because it really was unclear where things were. Like, I, actually, that's not true. I was very clear in the time that we were, quote, unquote, talking mm-hmm. that I did not want to be in a committed relationship. Um, and, and it was an explicit kind of two-way street. We both communicated exactly where we were mm-hmm. um, and where we wanted to be. And in large part, because I had been in a relationship, um, the, the person that I'm with was in a relationship. Um, and you know, it's, it's really easy to think that you leave something to go for the next thing. 
Um, and, you know, being just very clear and mindful of the future that I want, I wanted to make sure that I'm making the best decision and that we're both collectively making that. So we were very explicit in where we were. And so I felt like it made sense to also then be explicit to where we are now. Right. Uh, and I definitely did the old school thing, you know, and kind of. Okay. I like I that, that though. I think that's important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's know. hard. Like, you, you never know. You're not inside, inside somebody's mind. So you could be hanging out with a dude every fucking day, spending the night with him all the time, and he's still like, well, you're, you know, we're just talking. So <laughs> how, how long were you guys dating for? Uh, Where, how long were you before you asked? Yeah, before, before you, you asked. asked her. How long? I actually lost track of time. It, it was actually kind of an on and off thing um, because... Right, because you didn't want to be committed. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. For one period of time, we actually stopped talking. Um, for We didn't... Actually, we never stopped talking in a sense that we were not friends or cordial. Right. We just stopped hanging out as we were, and we were both kind of clear as to what the line was. Um, and we backed away. And, and in many respects, that's, I think, what helped me realize that she was somebody that I wanted to spend time with and be with. Right. Because See, I was kind of that's like, the thing. Sucks. I feel like guys always need, I feel like any common story you hear, it's like, we were talking we're this, and then we kind of parted ways, and I realized I missed her. Mm-hmm. And because, I realized I wanted to be because we're idiots. With her. <laughs> right. It's because we're idiots. I yeah. mean, True. There's, there's, <laughs> we're not going to argue. This, this is a proven science. Uh, we're not going to argue. My brothers, my brothers, we sometimes just don't get it. We're hard headed. Um, but so are I, we, though? We are, yeah. too, but in different ways. I think women are just, I may be speaking really general, we're just better at making decisions. <laughs> like, we'll decide yeah. right away if we're going to take you seriously yeah. or not. Yeah. Like, a guy could mess around with a girl, keep it super casual, right. and just be like, whatever. But a girl, like, we're not going to want to mess around with you right. if we we don't really feel something. So that's I think right. that's the biggest difference. You. That's right. Girls, I mean, the girls make that decision, I think, a lot easier guys yeah man I see that's the whole thing it's, and I think it's in a lot of ways I think and this is a big debate I don't, I don't know the answer to it but it's like what is nature what is nurture like what right. is what is inherently true and what is culturally constructed to be true mm-hmm. right and these are this I get real deep and philosophical when it comes to this kind of stuff like I have a whole philosophy on just the theory of, of monogamy and its existence and all this stuff right but at the core, at the crux, once you come into the practical world, mm-hmm. um, there are just things that are more inherently true than others. Right. Um, and, you know, some of the statements that you made, I, I think, are very true. And I think the <laughs> statement that I made is very true. Well, I think a big difference, one of my theories, that the biggest difference, I think, between men and women and how they act in relationships is women, men don't see time like women do. Interesting. Even yeah. if you don't want to have kids, you're you have this subconscious of like okay like I'm getting I'm almost 30 like I should be married by now I should be settled down by now I should be pregnant by now and men like I I just don't think they have that time clock inside of them even if women deny it and say like oh they don't care it's still something that's subconsciously there that you have a time clock and I think that's the the biggest I think that's where all like the the cliches about women being clingy and and all that I think that's where that comes from damn that's deep yeah. Right? Damn, that's deep. I think it's true. I mean, I'll be honest. I, you know, I don't really think about, I guess now as I'm getting older, I think about how old will I be as a father? Like, can I play catch with a nine-year-old when I'm 67? Right, right. You know but you're just saying? now thinking about this at 31. Well, yeah. Well, I'm but that's, a, com- that's like a common age, 31. Like, 31 yeah. to 35 for guys. I was thinking common. like my 50s. I was thinking if I <laughs> right. could do that like at 67 <laughs> is what I was going to get at. No, nah, but like as, as of like right now, no. Nah, like I think about the future. I'm like, well, all right, well. I definitely don't want to have kids after 40. I think, like, 40 yeah. is probably my cutoff. 
Like, I either hit that line or I just didn't well, do it. Well, because, like you said, you kind of have to think about your kids. Do you want to be that old when they're yeah. only 12 yeah. years old? Like, right. And then you you're, like, like, the old dad and all. Yeah. For, like, them social security that. when yeah. they're in third grade. Like, ain't nobody wants <laughs> but that. But I think females think about that way sooner. Yeah. Well, we have a deadline. We kind of have a deadline. I mean, when it, we, we do, do and we don't. For having right, kids, right, right. for sure, but... Like a biological clock. Yes. As you may say. That, like, even if yes. you d- you don't want to admit it and a female doesn't want to admit it and they say that's not true, right. I feel like it, it's true regardless. Here's the other thing, though, man. This, thank you, boomers. I'm going to shout you out again because I'm just going on a rant about y'all. <laughs> but, like, how, how, how can you have kids in the Bay Area? Like, oh, yeah. like the people that we know that have kids and yeah. have a little cute home and have these real cute pictures. Shout out to Tori, man. Like, this is <laughs> like I see y'all. We Jay, Jay you're going to get some credit, uh-huh. but right. I'm going to give you far less credit. <laughs> but, like, when I see that, I'm like, damn, I could never do that. Like, how could I even afford to do that? It's yeah. Crazy. Um, and the fact that there are people that are still doing it gives me some hope. But, like, the reality is, it's like, damn, man, like, putting your expenses together now is difficult. When you have... You know, kids, I think it's a complete different component. Yeah. And that shit is terrifying. Yeah, it's scary for sure. I think learning from, like, Julie's a little bit younger, so I don't think she's experienced this at all, really. But, like, my friends who are my age who have kids and just seeing how their lives have changed, and not at all in a negative way, but just how different they are and what they do every day and what their priorities are, like, I know I'm not ready for I'm definitely not ready for that. And they, they weren't ready either. You get ready. If you have to be ready, you get ready. I mean, yeah, you, but, make, the, you make the sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. But if I had a choice, like, I got a couple more years in, like, flying off to Europe in me than yeah, like, sitting at home. I got, I got, like, another 30 years uh-huh. in me, for sure. Another <laughs> 30, 30 years. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about this recently, and he's much older and is actually a father. But he was saying that everything in life is in phases. And that once you actually hit that phase, you don't even think about what it was previously. Right. And you enjoy the moment of that phase so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really resonated because I was like, damn, that's true. Like, I I think back to, to certain periods of my, of my life that were a separate phase. And I don't necessarily miss those today. They don't yeah. exist the same way. They're nostalgic, but they're not, they're not what I miss. Right. You know? And, like, if you wait around to be ready for anything, probably never going to do it. If you wait to get ready, you're just, yeah, you'll never right, get yeah, ready. Exactly. You'll just be on the sidelines waiting forever. Right. You know, exactly. you have a, you'll be, you know, 69 with a cat. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong God, with that. God, I hope and not. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's Ain't a phase in your life, that. too. Yeah, but So how did you meet girlfriend? Apps. Not apps. Was it through someone? Did you meet through work? Or? You'll never, you'll never guess how. Not on Tinder. No. <laughs> so not on an app. Not on something, an app. Something more, I think, um, something more connected to who I am and what I do. Uh, she was running for office. Oh. She, was, she was running for office uh, to be a school board member um, for San Francisco Unified, and I was like, "Damn, this person is amazing!" Like, I never, you know, I've never met her, never really talked to her, uh, and so it was one of those very like serendipitous moments oh, where I was like, "Hello." Serendipity, our favorite movie. Serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel story. real fancy when I say that. You know, serendipitous. It's like one of those things. Have you seen Serendipity the movie? I have definitely not. Oh, go watch, watch it, it tonight. I'm, it I is will, the best movie. I, I make Carly watch it. You're gonna cry. Literally, I've watched it like 17 times, uh, and I cry every oh, time. Jesus. You need like date night and watch. It's that an movie. old movie. It's old. It's an old movie. Definitely do that. Yeah do that um yeah that's, that's how we met man super random i mean i believe in i'm a very like a very go with the flow person like right you know and this is a question i get all the time like are you gonna run for office like is that one of your things 
is it a part of an agenda of something I would like as a life goal? Mm -hmm. Possibly, like, sure, like, why not, right? It's the circuit that I'm in. But I'm also not so desperate and eager to achieve it that I just, that's all I want. No, I just, I want to do good work. I want to enjoy life, and I'm going to go with the flow. Right. And the relationship status was the same way. We're like, you know, whether I was in a previous relationship or single, like, I'm not going to press the issue. And what's meant to be will be, and it'll work out when it should. Yeah, for sure. And just Definitely. trust the process. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think that's the key, honestly, the key to life. Yeah. I've been so content with just where I am, but, like, still wanting more. Yeah. But you have to be just happy with where you're at. That's right. That's right, yeah. the Enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy where you are and just put it all in perspective, you know? So... There was another big life-changing thing that happened yeah, to you while you, you were on vacation. Yeah, can you tell me what happened? Oh, my God. And this Carly is our was, biggest fear. Carly was trying to tell me a little bit, but I wanted to wait to hear it from you. Oh, man. Oh, man. You got really sick <laughs> on a trip to in Asia. Yeah, I did. Uh, and of all things, I was. it was like a, we'll call it like a learning mission, like this this delegation with one of the supervisors in San Francisco. So I, so I used to work for supervisor Jane Kim that is, was a supervisor of District 6. Um, and that includes the Soma District, uh, the South of Market. And mm-hmm. South of Market has and has had historically one of the largest Filipino communities um, within San Francisco. And I still currently now that I work uh, at this nonprofit affordable housing developer, we're based out of Soma. And so I'm naturally very close to the current supervisor is, mm-hmm. you know, we, are his, we were there before he was. So there's a lot that we can work on and talk about um, in, in past issues that relate to the present. And so three or four months before we went on this particular trip, um, we kind of had this community meeting about doing a delegation to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the Philippines today, there's a dictator that, is, uh, that has been in power since, uh, I think, a year before President Trump was elected here. Um, and that's a separate story, but uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, President Duterte has been ruling with an iron fist, and there has been tens and thousands of people that have been killed with no due process. There's been people that are accused of, of doing drugs or selling drugs and are gunned down in the streets in their apartments by police officers and militia people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, the president of the Filipino Cultural District in Soma had uh, talked to us about doing kind of a delegation out of Soma to go learn about the atrocities that are happening there and learn about what people are living and then bring that back and spread that awareness to people here in America who don't even know or hear about yeah. it. We actually have a little bit more knowledge on this than most. Yes. We manufacture in the Philippines mm. um, for our work. We make furniture mm. and um, we manufacture out of Cebu and we have an yep. office in Manila. Yep. So just from our employees there and them telling us about what's going on, it's a lot of people here don't know anything yeah. about yeah. going on. And there is such a strong Filipino culture mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like you said, Soma, Daily City, yeah. and a lot of people just aren't aware of it. They have no idea. And to be honest, I, I only knew because I had followed Duterte's ascension to power, but I also did not follow it religiously. So fast forward a little bit, you know, we were still not quite sure if we were going to take this trip. Ultimately, when we decided there happened to be an American citizen uh, that was shot four times in his back that lived in the Philippines um, and was doing activist work there for about 10 years, Brandon Lee. Um, And so we had decided that when we went to the Philippines, we were also going to go see Brandon. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as, as life has it, I, and, I, and I had a premonition before I left. Like, I knew I, I knew I was concerned about something, and I didn't understand quite what. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it was a very kind of sketch trip to take. 
because Supervisor Haney had introduced this resolution denouncing the Duterte government, and he was the first elected official from the United States to go and visit and do something like this. And so obviously it's kind of a high-profile visit mm-hmm. without the high-profile security detail. You know, yeah. it's just us. So it's like a little and, anxiety and a from the get. Yeah, so I was kind of like, damn, we get kidnapped. Like, who am I going to call? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like, I don't know. So so as I was leaving, you know, I, I had kind of an intuition of what might be happening. And um, never did I expect this, though. So we had actually gone and decided to take a little four-day vacation to Indonesia previous mm-hmm. So we can go and get some downtime before we take a very, you know, deep and, you know, very deep trip. And so while, while I was in Indonesia, um, I was likely bit. I wasn't likely. I was bit by a female mosquito because this is who carries it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that female mosquito transmitted to me what is called dengue. And, oh and dengue is like who it's like a medieval disease who gets right, a medieval yeah. disease like i like <laughs> I, I what like of all things like to so get and it, it don't even sound that cool it's like four percent of the world all right of like damn near eight billion people only four percent of the world has ever had something like that so that's whatever insane. that's my luck and so to make matters worse man I get it when we're on the Gilly Islands, and if, if you guys don't know what that is, check it out. It's actually a beautiful, beautiful. place to visit. Yeah, like, great choice for a vacation. For sure, dude. Like one of my, for sure, one of my favorite places in the world. Still, still, still? I'll okay. go, I, okay. I will go back next week. I will take <laughs> okay. my, I, I, will, I will, I will take my chances. Okay, that says something. But as we're as as we're traveling back from the Gilly Islands, I already kind of have a fever, and I can feel that I'm sick. And to make matters worse, oh. man. The boat that we're on, we're leaving like at six o'clock at night. The boat that we're on is this little rinky dinky oh, ass no. boat. Uh-huh. And we have to travel damn near two and a half hours to get to the mainland. And the waves were pounding that boat so hard that everybody inside the vessel was like praying because we thought we were gonna go under in the oh. middle of the sea. And you're sick on top of it. I already have a fever. Uh-huh. I, I have dengue at this point, right? My <laughs> fever's already climbing, so I'm already yeah. almost dying. Right. But then on top of that, this damn boat ride, everybody is dead silent, just kind of praying. And that that, that boat ride was terrifying. Um, and so, you know, from there we make it, thank God, right? And um, we have to literally go from landing there where my fever is now climbing higher to going straight to the airport because we, you know, confined this little trip to four yeah. days. And so by the time I'm on an airplane flying over to get to the Philippines, I got like 104 fever. I yeah. have like no Tylenol. Yeah. I have nothing. I'm dying in my seat. I'm literally, mm-hmm. I could feel my, like the hot air breathe on my mustache. Oh. You know, I was like, man, this is So was it any good. type, like, were you like throwing up or was it just a Hell, fever yeah. chill? Oh, you were throwing no. up. At first, at first it was fever and chills. And then once I landed in the Philippines, the bone aches start. So your bones feel like somebody's crushing them. I don't oh. know how to describe it. Oh, oh my god! You have like literally these severe, sound awful. Like nothing yeah. ever worse can you, be worse than you this. You have like so at this point I have 105 fever, like 104, 105 fever. My bones feel like they're cracking, um, and then I start getting so nauseous that I'm just like thrown up. Like I'm just constantly like uh-huh. this is just where I'm at in life, uh-huh. and so everybody's like, maybe you got food poisoning, dude. Like just go to, to the room and <laughs> just lay down for a and the thing about me, though, is to your guys' point about me being just kind of, like, positive or passionate, even when I'm sick, I'm kind of like that. Yeah. I just kind of wake up. Like, that's, like, my default mood. So even though I was that sick, I was still kind of joking around and being me while, like, dying at the mm-hmm. same time. And so I finally decided I called my sister, and I had given her my health care card because, again, I just knew, like, fuck, what if I get kidnapped or some shit happens? Yeah. So she three-wayed the nurses, and the nurses were like, you need to go to the emergency room, like, an hour no. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so once I finally got there, you know, the doctor 
did some blood work and he's oh, like, so were you in Manila? I was in Manila. Okay. I was in Manila. At uh, least that's somewhat of a bigger city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. It was a bigger city for sure. And and so I get to the to the hospital, man, and it just I mean it's a third world country. There's no right. other real way to put it. You know this this hospital happened to be um, one of the private hospitals that was one of the largest of the country, um, but it was still like you Sketch. could tell. Yeah, like there's no other way to put it. Like I was just on this little green cot. Oh, God. Uh, and so the doc tells me I have dengue, and the next six days, man, I'm in the hospital. Uh, six days? Six days. That's a hospital. long time. So you couldn't have gotten on a flight and gone home? I couldn't have gone nowhere. The doctor no. wouldn't let me leave because the, the thing about dengue, this is what I come to find, once they tell me that I have it, um, he's telling me that my blood platelets are dropping. I don't understand what that means because I'm like, I'm not in your field, bro. Like, help yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so the thing with dengue is that it can be deadly um, in, in some cases. The people that go to the hospital that have dengue are typically the people that are moderate to severe cases of this. The people that have had it and are not in the hospital typically think they just have had a flu or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that serious. So for mine, since I had the high fevers, they were giving me ibuprofen and Advil at the same time through like injecting it through my IV. Yeah. And that was not bringing my fever below 103. It was still there. And so my blood platelets kept dropping and the problem with it is if they drop low enough, it could be deadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The doctor told me that. So I said, all right, well, what's like, you know, what do I do if it gets too low? And the only thing that they could do is do a blood transfusion, which my body could reject and could be equally as deadly. Yeah. And you're in a third world country. And I'm country in a third world country with no family by myself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. Wait, so you're by yourself. I but the people myself. you were with were. They didn't come with you? The people that I was with at the time weren't. They were talking to the moms of, like, victims that had been oh, killed. Right. And so, you know, I, I wasn't going to pull them from that. And I, I just figured I'd go by myself. Um, they sent one of the pastors over from our delegation that was in with me. But then I was wow. like, damn, I'm a goner, dude. Oh, my this God. one of the scariest things that's ever There's happened This is like to you? stories you hear, but yeah. like never yeah. actually No, know I'm going to tell you one. straight up. Like the, the third day when I was at my weakest, like literally my weakest, my IV broke in my hand, right? And I woke up like at 3 in the morning and my hand looked like it had like a softball in it because the, uh. the IV liquid had just piled uh. up there. And I'm in this room by myself, so I get up and I'm trying to call the nurse. And the nurse isn't coming so I'm like all right I'm just gonna get up right and I'm thinking like yo man I probably need fluids because mm-hmm. I just feel so weak yeah and I go to the front and the nurse is like oh how can I help you I was like hey man like I show my hand I'm like I got like a softball yeah, right here help like, me. can we do something about this he hands me a warm rag and I was like okay so I put the warm rag on I was like hey man like I need an IV or I'm gonna die like I just feel right. like I'm dehydrated he's like oh he's like we don't have any more needles and I was what? like oh my god and I was like well, can you get some? He's like, well, our computer system is down, so I can't order any. Oh, my God. And in my head at this point, like, my anxiety is racing because I feel like I'm already incredibly weak. Right. And you're telling me that you can't even order me a needle to get me IV. I was like, look, man, like, either you get this for me or I'm going to walk down to the emergency room and try to figure this out. Yeah. And as I'm finishing my sentence, like, I almost collapsed. No exaggeration. And the nurse kind of runs over and they kind of help prop me up and they walk me back to my room. And as I laid there, I just remember thinking, like, fuck this is where I'm going to die. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, imagine. No. Uh, like, and you're like, this is it? Yeah, man. But luckily, they eventually got me an IV. Um, I eventually got better. My blood platelets started climbing. My fever started going down. Um, you know, I, I just ultimately got better. But the part that does suck is that this is actually like a disease that you carry forever. Uh-huh. Okay. It doesn't go away. Right. And so, I mean, it does go away. But like, you can have moments where you just kind of relapse. 
And so, in fact, like maybe about three weeks ago, I just felt incredibly exhausted Mm -hmm. and the similar kind of like dizziness that I felt when I was Mm -hmm. sick over there. And so I just had to take a little time out from work. I took like three days off. Um, But I'm alive. You're alive. So what happens now? So you're you still have it. Yeah, you kind of have it forever. So it's just in you. You know, I've always wanted to be part of the 1% as far as being right. rich, but I'll take being, I'll take being part of the 4% that is as wild. far as health. You know like, what I'm that saying? That is an insane story. It's fucking nuts, man. You're lucky to be here right now. Yeah. For sure. I, feel, I definitely That's wild. feel lucky. It's crazy. I could not even imagine, like, going through that. I travel by, by myself, myself a lot. Yeah. So that's that's why it's something that's my biggest fear. I go to China. I go, I go to a lot of places by myself for work, yep. and I couldn't imagine being without somebody, even just mm-hmm. one person. Yeah. That's wild. I Imagine, like, the other thing that really came into, into, like, my mind was my dad kept asking, should I try to fly out there? And in my yeah. head, I'm like, first of all. Oh, my dude, mom would have been on, on the first flight out, yes. probably. I'm like, pa, like, you know, like, even if you wanted to right now, that's like a $1,200 flight. Right. I don't know where that's going to come from. Number and one, what, what would, yeah. no and offense, then, what would he have done? Right. And number Nothing. two, like, that was my thing. I'm like, well, what are you going to come out here and do? And then the other thing was I wasn't sure where I had caught it. I'm like, and there was, and so this is the worst part. The second day when I'm in the emergency room, they bring me the new. I'm not the emergency room, my room. They bring the newspaper to me, and the front oh, page oh of the newspaper oh. says Philippines, Manila, dengue outbreak. I'm like, God, oh, God. damn it! Why did they give you that? I, yeah. <laughs> Why would they? Yeah. I would have get that from you. I, yeah, it's like, like, what nurse let that one slip? I don't know, man. So in my head, I'm thinking like, I'm gonna let my dad come here, and y'all, if y'all know my dad, y'all know why this is just like. I'm like, how the hell is he gonna make it? from the airport to the damn hospital like that boy will be lost right. and all of a sudden he'll just live at least in they speak forever. english in the philippines for the most part true true true, true that's true. one thing that yeah. could have been a hundred oh, not yeah. that it could have gotten worse but it could have been worse yo man shout out to miko the the gentleman that was with our our like host committee and to like the pastors that like came through and and like one of them stayed the night in like a oh, separate cot you know, and, and actually to my to the crew I went out there, Supervisor Haney, my boy Fernando, Raquel and Dory, mm-hmm. you know, they were all incredibly supportive and willing to like put the trip on hold just to stay with me. But I'm like, look, man, we came here to do this kind of work. Yeah, and right. Y'all could sit here in a, in, in a hospital with me. But what does that achieve for anybody? Right. Right, at um, least something got done. Yeah, well, actually, I learned a lot See, and that's about the type of person you are. You right. care about others exactly. more than yeah. Well, just seeing the silver lining <clears throat> of it all after the fact now. That's right. And and much like all the other, other circumstances I talked about earlier that were formative to changing my life and how I am, that was definitely life-changing in that mm-hmm. it made me realize that one day in my life, at some point, I will be looking up to the ceiling that way and thinking those same thoughts. Right, yeah. And the question becomes is, A, how do I take care of myself to prolong that, one, mm-hmm. and two... Will I achieve all that I want to achieve before I get there? And if the, if the answer is yes, then I have to commit myself to really double down on the things that I care about. Right. You know? So it's not a horrible thing to be that scared not sometimes. Man. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> I feel it. So to lighten things up, we're glad you're alive. Woo! Yeah. You and I both. So for the end of each episode, we like to talk about a recommendation, whether it's someone to follow on Instagram mm-hmm. or a restaurant we like or a bar we like. So we're just going to skip us for this week and Let's let go you go straight at to it. You. Just let you have the floor. It could be anywhere. You could do all three. You R2. could do one, ins- just one, whatever you want. What comes uh, off the top of your head. Let's uh, start with your favorite restaurant, your go-to place to eat. Damn, man, but I don't want y'all. You see what I'm saying? Is this you don't want people up? to know because gonna then everyone's going to go there. Nah, I mean, nah, we do nah, have nah. a lot of I following. Have I, I have to. I have to. I think, um, so I'm going to do two. 
Okay. My first favorite taqueria that exists in San Francisco. I've been on the record saying this, and I'll be on the record again. Best tacos in San Francisco are Vallarta Taqueria on uh, 24th and Balmy. I They're always see you post. Dude, that's, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I don't know if it's nostalgia or what, but it's by far the best in the city. They have the the little you know taco cart for you right when you walk in. They're open till 3 a.m. Shout out to Jose, wow. who's been making tacos for us consistently for like 18 years. Um, and then my, my bougie street, because mm-hmm. I like okay. to be brown and we bougie, like uh, and, yeah. and I fucks with it, uh, is uh, called Lolo. And it's on Valencia and 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dope in that the owners are from Guadalajara, and they have a sister restaurant back in, in Guadalajara. But it's like a Mexican fusion kind of restaurant that has a really unique spin on their food. The drinks are off the hook, and the work staff is all like local folk that work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place is good. I've had it. It's really good. It's all so sentimental. I love that place. What about a bar? Where do you like to drink? What are you uh, drinking right now? What did we give I'm you? Drinking, I mean, I don't, I don't want to let the people know I'm that brown and bougie. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're being bougie uh, right it's now. It's Hennessy. It's Hennessy. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, I'm drinking Glen Fittich. Uh, it's a single malt whiskey. It's an 18 year. Shit, it's fire. Shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to us. We got shout him the good out. stuff. I mean, you know, they, they don't play out here. Hospitality <laughs> is real. But uh, do, are you a whiskey drinker? I am. I like, okay. um, I'm a beer and whiskey drinker. I don't really like wine. I think wine is kind of gross. I love wine. Like, mm-hmm. here's my thing. You really if, have to love it, though. You do. It's a, it's yeah. a, like, if it's, I want like a black juice, or white type of thing. If I want a juice, I drink juice. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just, uh, But juice, it depends. Juice, you like wine? <laughs> yeah. Wine's a different ty- kind of drunk. <sighs> it is. I have to be in the mood to I think be it's wine my favorite drunk. kind of drunk. It's my favorite kind of drunk. Are you guys saying that the wine hits different? It yeah, hits it hits different. different. Yeah, it hits different. But it's not like a drunk that you could be like out in the club. Like that's right. it's not that kind of drunk. It it's like, like it's a different low key. It's like kind dinner, of drunk. getting wine drunk yeah. type of thing. That's different. the best. Okay, I could respect a that. A good dinner and a like wine drunk. There's dinner. nothing better. Yeah, I could respect that. I'm a I yeah okay all right. But I don't I I don't dislike whiskey. Actually, I don't dislike any kind of alcohol. I'll say that. It's a very good answer. Yeah. But my boss took us, not... uh, my, my boss took us wine tasting this past weekend, uh-huh. and uh, I actually was like the one person that had like two sips of each oh. one. And I was like, what I was your favorite out. out of all the ones you hate? It was called Savage, and I think I just oh, liked wow. it. And that was a red one. Oh, okay, I love but red. I think I just liked the name. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, man, that's it. How wrong? Where'd you go? It was up in Sebastopol. I don't remember the place what okay. it was called, mm-hmm. but it was it was bougie, not brown and bougie. I was the only brown and bougie person there. there. (laughs) It was was just a... We're brown and bougie here, so we... we I love it. it. I live for it. Uh, But favorite bar, without a doubt, is Pops Bar on 24th and York. Okay. Um, We've been there plenty of times. It's my spot, man. It still feels like, you know, it's it's a good feel. It's a real good feel. And more importantly, man, the owners from, from when I started trying to do this activist thing, it was really hard to find spaces to hold meetings and and these Mm -hmm. things. And I'll never forget the first place that let me just take over the whole thing gave me a mic gave me a drink deal the whole nine was pops bar so shout out to tom the owner that's been holding us down for like seven years now everyone go there nice. and get a drink this Please. weekend and and you know tip tip the tip the bar staff tip them like your bougie that's the best is customer yeah. service yeah Hell and how man. they treat you it's Big the community man. support the community yeah man <laughs> so those are my my favorite places to drink and what was the other one um, if you have one, but like a favorite Instagram, it could be like a, a page, not a particular person's page, but it could be a person's page. Um, or you could just tell the followers to follow you. Yeah. You could be your favorite. <laughs> there you go. You could be your favorite. <laughs> but am. normally we, we do a lot of like either ce- celebrities or influencers, influencers or like even like a home decor page, like whatever, whatever yeah. you like to look at on Instagram. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say so one of the ones that I wanted to plug is called Smug Morenita. Um, mm. And I'll have you guys spell If you want me to spell it out, I can. Yeah, but spell I think, it out Yeah, we us. could post it on our little snippet of, like, the episode, too. Okay, okay. So it's Smug, S-M-U-G. Morenita is M-O-R-E-N-I-T-A. Oh, I already like their Instagram. Oh, yeah. I love their flow. I already love it. We're big on just the graphics of Instagram and people's flows. So Sis is a tremendous artist. Um, she also serves on like the Calle 24 cultural district with me and mm-hmm. uh, she's just an all around good person man and, and does a lot of really really great work so she does all these that's all her oh functions. we might wow, need we to might need um, hire I've her always wanted, this is what I wanted my our um, like our little like yeah we might our need icon. to um, this is exactly what I wanted does she do freelance work she absolutely does freelance work we might work. need her for our graphics uh, here she does I love she's, all of this she's amazing everything has a meaning and a purpose to it and she mm-hmm. She has a lot of vibrancy, man. She's a yeah. solid sister. Yeah, I love it. This is our vibe, too. Yeah, man. I'm glad you said we just followed her. Yeah. So everyone follow her. <laughs> Plug. Plug. Well, I think we should wrap it up. Thank you so much for being our first guest. Yes, thank you for joining us. We are I am so honored, happy. man. I am honored that you guys have me on here. This you is should dope. be. No, just like, kidding. I am. This is dope. <laughs> no, we're honored that you came on. We, we just, like I said, we wanted to get your perspective on a lot of things and a lot of things we don't know much about. We don't know a lot. Um, and, you know, we're hella related, so our community, our followers are related to us, so we feel like this would be, be something beneficial for everyone. Everyone. All I hope so, involved. man. And if, if folks ever want to tap in, I am around. Come find me. There's millions of things that people could do. The yeah. most important thing I ever heard, and I think it's really true, is find something that you care about and work towards it and hope that everybody else does the same thing. And get so involved. I, I implore all of you to do that. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Love Thank y'all, you. Man. We'll have you on again soon. Yes. Love y'all, man. Okay. All right, guys. Bye, we'll guys. See you next week. Maybe we'll do an episode before Thanksgiving. Yes. Or we after. Will. Well, maybe we'll drop it after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But we'll. There'll be one, though. Definitely. All right. Bye, Bye. guys.